Welcome to Total Teen Health and Wellness, the podcast for parents of teenagers to learn more about how medical and mental health issues are affecting their teen children. This is Dr. Shauna Garza, and I'm an adolescent medicine physician, providing essential education and helpful guidance to parents of teens and young adults. This podcast encourages parents to empower their teen children to live healthy and balanced lives. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Garza. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number two, and today we're going to talk about the importance of sleep in teenagers. Unfortunately, in my patients, I see a lot of patients in adolescent medicine that are not sleeping enough. And sleep is such a critically important part of self-care, of daily health habits, that has lasting effect on both physical and mental health. I ask about sleep in my patients every day. Some patients I'm reviewing their sleep habits in their preventive visits, and then I always go over sleep when we're talking about mental health concerns. These days, many teens are not getting enough sleep. The current recommendations are for teenagers to get between 8 to 10 hours of sleep per night, and most teens have a pretty strict wake-up time because they have to be at school at a certain time. And so I work with teens to subtract back what time they really need to be going to bed in order to hit that goal of at least eight hours and preferably closer to nine hours per night. Many teens are staying up late because of their activities, sports, part-time work. Some are doing lots of homework and spending hours in the evening on their homework. And also what I see probably more commonly are teens that are staying up too late on their phones and screens and having a hard time signing off in order to get the sleep that they need. I like to remind teens that sleep is so important for their brain development and their body development. And when they're under on their sleep, that has a lot of impact on how they feel. Of course, kids may be tired in the morning and having a hard time getting up and ready for the day, but I see many patients with mental health effects from lack of sleep. Many patients may not be able to focus well. They may feel very low energy. This may even affect their mood where they feel low mood. They may have low motivation for school, for other things that they want to be doing. They may feel irritable. Irritability is something that we deal a lot with in teens. It can relate to anxiety. It can relate to other behavioral issues. But we know that by getting more sleep, that can help improve irritability. We also know that teens that don't get enough sleep can have a lowered immune system where their defenses may be low. They may be more susceptible to illness and infection. Of course, the other physical feelings of not getting enough sleep is feeling fatigued, headache we see a lot, and even nausea. I've had patients that have nausea from not sleeping enough. So there are real effects on how not getting enough sleep affects a teen's body. So when we talk to patients that aren't getting enough sleep, it's important to come up with solutions. And one, again, is having a consistent bedtime and a schedule to sleep. 
for example, an average teen that has to get up at 7 a.m., they really need to be in bed with the lights off at 10 or 10.30 at night. That would get them that goal between eight and nine hours of sleep. So we talk about how does a teen get to bed at 10? What does their evening look like? Do they need to get started on their schoolwork earlier? Do they need to work ahead on days when they don't have other commitments? And also looking at what the bedtime routine is like. Bedtime routine is very important. It's unreasonable for teens to be engaged on their phones or watching TikTok or playing games online and then just turn that off and be able to shut their brains off and go to bed. So a bedtime routine is something that can really help teens build a healthy habit of going to bed on time. I encourage parents to limit their teen's phone use in the evening by setting time limits, whether it's the total time that they get to spend or that there are no more screens after a certain time. And every family can decide what they think is reasonable for their family and the age of their children. I encourage phones to be put up at a certain time, at least an hour before bedtime. So let's give an example. If teens are going to bed at 10 p.m., then at 9 p.m., phones are put up. And I recommend phones be charged overnight in a central location in the home, ideally downstairs in the kitchen or in the parents' room, but not in the teenager's room. A lot of teens will push back and say, well, I use my phone for my alarm, or I need to be able to check if someone responds to you know, this text or this notification. And that's exactly the problem, is even if patients have their phones on Do Not Disturb, there still is a real urge to check and want to stay in the know and want to stay connected. And it's very tempting. And unfortunately, many teens are not able to self-regulate that. I often tell teens that their parents are struggling with this as well. They're struggling with how to sign off and create some space at night where they can take a break from their phones. And so I encourage the family to do this all together where they have kind of family rules that all phones are up at a certain time. They're put on sleep mode, do not disturb, in a central area. And then I encourage teens to really come up with what's a great way for them to wind down and get ready for bed. Many teens will take a bath or a shower. They might read, which is a relaxing activity. They might stretch. They might listen to light music. They might doodle or journal or draw They might do some deep breathing exercises. We talked about self-care and how deep breathing and meditation can create calm and be a healthy way of coping. And that's a great practice to have at night getting ready for bed. So the bedtime routine is really important. And the brain needs to know when it's time to rest. And so having a consistent bedtime helps with that. We all have that internal body clock, circadian rhythm that we don't really have power over because it's dictated by our brain. And so our brain needs to know we go to bed at 10 o'clock each night 
and we're getting ready for bed. And when we go lay down, we're able to fall asleep and stay asleep. And then getting up at a consistent time is important. So part of getting better sleep is also avoiding daytime sleep. I have many patients that tell me because they're not sleeping enough, they come home and will nap for two, three, four hours after school. And that becomes very dysfunctional because they're trying to sleep in installments. And that's just not how our brains and bodies work. We need the eight to nine hours of sleep continuously. So I have counsel patients to avoid taking naps and really trying to sleep at night in a usual pattern. But it does become a cycle where they stay up too late because they haven't done their work. Maybe they're getting started on their schoolwork at 8 o'clock at night. Then they're staying up till 1 or 2 and sleeping very short nights. And then they're exhausted when they come home from school and take a long nap. And so it really takes some time to reset that. Um, just encourage them to think about what I guide them through that their bodies and brains need sleep at night in the usual pattern, as we've discussed. The other thing we talk about is when the sleep schedule's put into place and the bedtime routine and the phones are away, I still have patients that struggle with getting enough sleep. And since it's so critically important for their mental health and their physical health, we often will talk about ways to get better sleep through possible herbal or medication treatment. Melatonin is something that can be used and can be used on an as-needed basis or on a more continual basis, especially to help patients really set their sleep schedule. There's different formulations of melatonin over-the-counter, and there are ones that are for immediate release to help you fall asleep. And there are ones that are listed as sustained release or time release, and that helps you stay asleep. Both can be very effective, and patients can start on a pretty low dose. They might try three milligrams and see how they do with that. They might um, increase that to five if they need, and that's a very safe thing for them to take, especially when they're trying to get on a good sleep schedule. Some patients will use other herbal remedies like sleepy time tea or other um, yogi bedtime tea, and those are also good options. Prescription-wise, we do sometimes treat sleep issues with medication in our practice, and that's because many of my patients that are having other mental health issues will have sleep problems as a symptom of their mental health concerns such as depression or anxiety. And I tell patients we're not treating the sleep issues with Ambien and that class of medicine. Those are really only indicated for short-term use in patients. And most of my patients have more long-term concerns with sleep, especially when it's related to their mental health. So we give other types of mental health medicines that are indicated to also help with sleep, either falling asleep or staying asleep. So those are things that we talk about in our practice that can be helpful. Another thing I do want to just mention is the use of caffeine. Many teens are drinking caffeine with coffee in the morning, which can be a 
you know, fairly standard habit to have a portion of kind of a normal sized cup of coffee in the morning. But others are having energy drinks and different large coffees from Starbucks and the like. And higher doses of caffeine can really impair sleep. So for patients that aren't sleeping well, I typically tell them to limit their caffeine intake to one small portion, which is around 100 milligrams or less of caffeine, and to limit that before noon, 12 p.m. And that may seem kind of crazy since that's not bedtime, but many patients are slow metabolizers of caffeine, and it can actually stay in their system for 10 plus hours. And so if they're having after school frappuccino or getting an energy drink that's very high in caffeine, that definitely can be affecting them at bedtime and making it hard for them to sleep. So I hope that this was a helpful overview of why sleep is so important in teens and ways to help you get your teen to get more sleep. Um, I'm here to support parents and encourage them. I look forward to connecting next time. Thanks for listening today. If this episode helped you better understand the health of your teen and you're ready to learn more, please subscribe to hear future episodes of this podcast. Consider sharing it with other parents of teenagers. And remember, parents can help their teens live healthy and balanced lives.